Welcome back to the All Personal Podcast, where we turn the good old saying, nothing personal, just business, upside down, and prove how, in fact, it's all personal. Nothing is just business. Because it's all either intrapersonal, how we manage ourselves, or interpersonal, how we manage our relationships with others, both at home and at work. It's all about our personal skills muscles. Today, we have a super special episode because it's so close to my heart. We talk about professional development, the revolutionary kind. My guest on this episode is Danette Edwards, the founder of the Corona Days Professional Development Group. After 20 years of working in local and international community development and education, she decided to use her skills and abilities to respond to record unemployment rates stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. She is passionate about increasing professional access and representation of people of color, people from the LGBTQIA community, and other marginalized groups in all industries and employment spaces. Her passion and journey are absolutely inspiring. We talk about how she founded a professional development group due to the pandemic, how she nurtured and nourished it, and we look at her way of creating a development revolution. So tune in and check this out because it will definitely inspire you on so many levels. Here are some snippets of our conversation. You will hear how Danette defines her superpower as a communicator, how it took failure in certain areas for her to realize she didn't always need to be in control, why she believes that everyone has a role to play, how everyone has something to offer, and she says, you can remove me from the equation and we can still do well. You'll hear how she wants to create the Google of creative development organizations and how she made sure that she builds trust on the team. As she says, no one can call you out if you don't have trust. So, are you ready? Here we go. Danette, thank you very much for being on the All Personal Podcast. Thank you for having me, Roxana. It's, a, it's great to have you here. And um, I, I wanted to first say that we've met on LinkedIn <laughs> due mm-hmm. to um, 2020. I think 2020 enhanced these possibilities people sure did. and networking online a lot so yeah um and I was fascinated by your story so um I wanted to ask you before we dive in to introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit of um, your journey so far <laughs> all right uh I'm Zanette Edwards and uh I founded uh, Corona Days Professional Development Group. Uh, Corona Days, D-A-Z-E. <laughs> uh, because we were all in a daze just in response to COVID-19 unemployment and underemployment. And I am not a career coach by trade. I am a um, administrative professional for nonprofits. Uh, but I saw a need, so many people needed help. They came to me and I developed the organization and we provide career development assistance to people all over the globe. That's, wow. that's what we do. So first of all, Corona days, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> as you, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> this is funny. Um, so I have a niece, uh, she'll be 13 this year. And she wants to be a chef. 
-hmm. and she said and an attorney and and a politician she wants to be everything but one of the things she said was she was going to open up her name is Skylar a restaurant called Sky Days because she was going to dazzle and mesmerize people with her food and I thought about that. Like, that's what we were. We were, you know, mesmerized and confused about this Corona, this COVID. Uh, and we were all days. And so I just thought it, you know, I got it from my niece, but it made, it made sense. It wasn't, I wasn't dazzled by food, but I was definitely um, mesmerized and confused by everything that was happening. And I think most of us were uh, worried about our careers. Mm -hmm. You know, will I have a career, um, especially if we were in an industry that um, was, was negatively affected by COVID. And so we were in a daze. Many of us are still in a daze trying to get out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can, yeah. I, I can totally resonate with that. Um, and yeah, we're, I think we're still going to be in a days for a while because yeah. we never know where this is taking us. Um, so, and you said that you're not a career coach. So what mm -hmm. is your background? <laughs> so I have an MBA um, with a concentration in accounting and finance. Mm -hmm. And then I have a... Um, an MS in organizational development, HR, but not career development, right. organizational development. I've always been um, the chief operating officer or the chief admin officer for nonprofits mm -hmm. and, and charter schools um, in the U.S. And I've worked internationally in Africa, in Kenya, South Africa, and Tanzania. Uh, and so I'm usually an operations person, not a <laughs> career development person. Uh, but since I was in undergrad, which is many, many years ago, <laughs> I'd always, I'm not going to say how many, but that's years not, ago, that's okay. <laughs> I have always helped my peers um, with resumes. Uh, preparing for interviews, actually looking for jobs for them. Uh, and then as I worked, if I had staff members who uh, needed assistance, I would coach them, but I'm not a professional coach, you know, even if it meant that I would uh, help them leave me, if I didn't have anywhere for them to excel and grow to, I would, you know, coach them out of the organization into a better uh, position. So I am, I say I'm not a coach because that's not my training. I don't have training in that or certification, but they call me a coach. Yes. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and I think that that says a lot. And I do believe in, um, I mean, you can be a coach because you have the certification, but then there are people who are naturally coaches and who do that yeah. anyway. So and yeah. it's interesting that you said that they call you coach. Yes, they do. Well, when people call you that, that, you know, maybe like, what you are, yes, you are, because that's the impact <laughs> that you make on them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so your background is um, more in the organizational development and then, okay, finance, mm -hmm. accounting. Um, were you like, I, I, I'm wondering when, when you were younger, when you were a kid, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Did you imagine you would be doing this or what would you dream of doing when you grew up? Oh, that's so funny. No, I was supposed to teach. <laughs> this is funny. I, you know, I'm African-American. I'm a black woman from New York City. And I was supposed to teach the French Revolutionary history on a college level. I thought that, yeah, I went to undergrad for history and uh, I thought that I would teach the French Revolutionary War. I don't speak French, but I was supposed to learn French, right? It took it three years, but don't. Uh, and I would be the first black woman who was a historian on the French Revolutionary War, right? <laughs> you would make so for yourself. <laughs> yes, you know, so far removed to what I am doing today. Uh, and then when I was in a senior in, in undergrad, I uh, saw a documentary about poverty in America. Mm -hmm. And it was just so moving that I decided that I wanted to study urban policy with a okay. focus on developing housing. And so that's what I initially went to grad school for. Wow. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that's an interesting path. I mean, and mm -hmm. definitely 
but I think somehow it it would make sense that you know people call you coach given you are dream of teaching uh, yeah. I, I find that you know um it it blends in in a way and mm -hmm. there are people the people who want to teach one way or another might yeah. have this kind of inclination as well so that would make <laughs> sense and then it's all i don't know i'm i was absolutely struck when you told me about how you created corona days professional development mm -hmm. group and um how that came into being i was thinking that is so powerful because it seems like it was so accelerated both by uh, by the crisis but also by you and what you were able to envision and come up with so how did that because you talk, let me know a little bit about mm -hmm. the history yes. and background mm -hmm. um but how did corona days professional development group came into being all right so in march we all started to shelter in place worldwide right uh because of covid mm -hmm. and i was home and people started to contact me i worked internationally like i said i've worked in africa and when you work internationally you meet people from all over the world uh and so people started to contact me from all over the world and ask me for help <laughs> with their resumes uh cover letters uh, did I know anyone at the UN hire? You know, they were just asking all types of uh, career development questions and they needed assistance. And so I started to help them. And then I realized it was too many people. It was 53 people. And I, I reached out to a, a colleague and said, hey, if I start a group, you know, would you come in and we can train people? Uh, and then I asked the member, like, the people I was helping, if I start this group, will you guys come over? Mm -hmm. And they said, yes. And so I started it as a Facebook group with 53 people. And within two weeks, we had 103 people. And it just started, people just started to come. Uh, I've never advertised the group. Uh, people just, they have a need. And what I realized is um, that not only do they have a need, there's people who, for, for the most part, Roxana, our members are unemployed, underemployed, or unfulfilled. Yeah. And so I initially thought that after those 53 people that I knew, it would be uh, recent college grads that would be attracted to us. And we have some of them, but that wasn't the case. Our members are, for the most part, between 28 and 55 years old. They're not recent college grads. Many of them have their degrees, uh, but they're unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so we have become a place that people who have not reached the, the level of professional success that satisfies them, yeah. right? Yeah. They have come to us. And we have people who have very high salaries and are not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We have people who don't have high salaries and they are not fulfilled. And so within our group, we've been able to give them some opportunities just by opening, opening their eyes and introducing them to different possibilities. So that's what we have. Um, and today we have over 1,100 members. Uh, and, you know, I looked at my analytics yesterday, 600 people participate regularly in the group. And in our actual group on Facebook, we have 900 members. The other members are on LinkedIn. They don't come on Facebook, but they attend our events. We have very high uh, engagement, which I love. I mean, our members are active, you know, so that's what we have. Wow, that's impressive. And this is, I mean... And hearing you talk about, you know, they, they have a need um, mm -hmm. and it, it comes from this sense of not being fulfilled, no matter what the reasons are, because it might mm -hmm. be for different reasons, but whenever we feel unfulfilled, we need, we have our different needs that you are sort of filling or trying to fill in because it's, you created this group and you created this possibility for them to, to connect. 
And yeah. I find that given what you just described about yourself and your own dream and your own, uh, how you were seeing yourself when you were little, you created a different kind of revolution. Maybe it's not, <laughs> maybe it's not the French revolution is not the first <laughs> African-American woman. But you created a different kind of re revolution. I think that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. And I also believe that, you know what, I, I like to say that uh, we all have our, our skills, muscles that might mm -hmm. be strong. Some of them are strong because we really like using them and we know they're good, we know they're strong and we know uh, they benefit us. And some of those skills, muscles are still there, but they might be dormant because we don't use them that much. Maybe sometimes because it hurts to use them. Um, and so we haven't been able to experience the benefits of using the, those skills, muscles more of. So um, what would you say your strong skills, muscles are that also helped you in getting you where you are today and feeling fulfilled doing what you're doing and being passionate about what you're doing? Um, I definitely would say that I've been someone who can motivate others. I can encourage people. So that's a, that's a skill that I've always had. I've always been able to motivate um, my team members, staff, and now in within the group. Um, I always say that I had the gift of exaltation. You know, if you read the Bible, they talk about what gifts you have said, but that was mine, exaltation uh, and encouragement. Uh, so that's definitely one that I motivate people. Uh, I think I'm resilient and people see that, that mm -hmm. I've been through a lot, both personally and professionally. And that example people resonates with people. Either it resonates because they see themselves in it or they want to be more resilient, right? Um, so that's been a, that's helped me get through a lot of tough situations. Mm -hmm. And the third one is also my weakness. Mm -hmm. So it's communication. Okay. So I think that I can communicate very well, uh, but for a long time, I wasn't a good listener. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, I was not a good listener mm -hmm. uh, for a very long time. For most of my career, I I didn't listen, uh, and so I um, I'm now being very purposeful about listening mm -hmm. and letting um, letting that kind of guide some of my response you know, being intuitive for people's needs within the group, right? If I didn't listen, I would not have formed this group. There were needs, yeah. people had these needs. Uh, and I didn't value listening as much as I do now earlier in my career. Uh, and, and now I purposely listen. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult for me sometimes. I think, you know what? I'm so happy that you said that because I think it's difficult for all of us. And um, actually, I just, um, I right this morning, I delivered the training on effective listening skills, which is, it, <laughs> maybe it's not a coincidence then. Um, <laughs> and I love this quote about um, listening from Stephen R. Covey, who wrote the High Performance Habits um, seven high performance habits uh, for highly effective people because he says um, we listen with the intent to reply not with the intent to understand yes and I think it's so powerful just being aware of that like what's going on in my head when I listen to you talking what are the thoughts that come up in my mind at the same time, which prevent me from actually listening fully to what you're saying to me. And there might be some bits and pieces of the conversation that I'm missing just because of that, because I think, uh, oh my God, it's so cloudy outside or yeah. we're running out of milk or I need to call mom or <laughs> I don't know whatever it is. Even if it's just that, and 
were not able to to listen fully to understand what the other person says and to get that feedback with what you've just said they have needs well to be able to identify those needs i need to be able to listen to what the pain is so what did you do to work on building your listening muscles i shut up (laughs) (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a good start (laughs) for sure (laughs) i i shut up um i talk a lot right uh i've always been a talker but i've been very perceptive of like the way people move and their body language have been and i would let that um usurp their 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 verbal communication. I could read somebody by the way they were moving in a room and, you know, sometimes I'd cut people off and do stuff like that. Uh, And I said, just be quiet, right? Um, So I began to be quiet and listen more. And uh, what I learned is, and I'm learning more and more every day, is as I begin to listen to people, I realized that everyone has a story that they need to get out, right? And it could be a personal story. It could be about the work. It could be about something. And people need us to listen to them. Uh, And it's been going very well for me. The more I listen, the more I learn, and the more I'm able to effectively respond, right? My actions, um, my objectives, all of that is not just on me on what I think it is formed by the opinions of the people in the room, right? Or what they need, their needs. Um, uh, so yeah, just being quiet, mm-hmm. which is difficult. It is, right? That's what I wanted to say. I think it's, there's this whole art of being quiet, but also knowing how to be quiet, knowing when to be quiet, and when to, I don't know, just encourage, because you mentioned body language and the whole, because we get in, in sync when we, and that's why I, I love this, this conversation so much, because I think listening, um, first of all, we need to be able to focus, and then we need to be able to relate and to find something that we care about in the conversation. If we don't care about the conversation, we're not going to be there. And we're not going to be able to listen to understand because we don't care about what we're talking about. So, and especially when you're into a conversation that you care about, you're really there, body and mind. And we get in sync with the body language, with the level of the voice, the eye contact, everything is there. And you don't have to say much to communicate. I think we forget that sometimes. We can yeah, this is true. So um, I'm so happy that you that you mentioned it. So, okay, you said um, exaltation. I want to go back a little bit to mm-hmm. okay. your strong skills muscles, to mm-hmm. encouragement, exaltation, and resilience, and ask you, were they always your strong skills muscles? Does, did that come naturally to you all the time? Yeah those came naturally. Uh, And I think it is because I'm an oldest child. I'm the oldest child. And I took care of my brother who was four years younger than me. And then when I was 16, my mom had my sister and I helped her with her as well. Uh, And so I was always uh, a lot independent, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And when you have these little people, right? A lot of times you do have to motivate them. You have to encourage them, whether it is to put their jacket on or whatever the case may be. Uh, And I was always that way with my friends, kind of like the mother hen, Mm -hmm. but, you know, not the the bad mother hen, but if you want good things to come out of people, you have to encourage them, right? You you have to recognize what they do well, which I... um, I've always been able to spot what people do well, uh, even when they don't realize it, and then encourage them to continue to pursue what they do well. Uh, So yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said, 
they even when they don't see it and when they don't realize it this is and i think that's so powerful because we don't think about that too often ourselves i mean how often do we think about all of the things that we should have could have done and been um or the things that we could have done better or more of instead of just um sitting down with ourselves and recognizing hey recognizing i'm actually pretty good at that and i <laughs> and i love doing that and i'm good at <laughs> yes mm -hmm. um it's funny how we take the good things for granted i think so how did you discover then your communication skills muscles as both good and bad and what other muscles did you feel you had to develop so that they can support your strengths mm -hmm. uh so i knew i was a good communicator because people always listen to me mm -hmm. right they always listen to me uh but i also knew of course that i wasn't a good communicator because i didn't always listen to them right so and i got that feedback you know i received that feedback through the years of course in um in in in, in performance evaluations and such like that so i said you know what i want to be better let me begin to listen more uh and for some reason someone who did not listen i was someone that people always told a lot of stuff to <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you know, they always came to talk to me and I said, hey, that's a gift. People are coming to talk to you. You need to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Roxana, I can go to the beauty parlor and the beautician tells me her whole life story. You know, I go to on the bus and the guy sits next to me and tells me his whole life story, you know, like everywhere I go. So I said, just start to listen to them. So okay so that's one but then the other uh so the communication i knew that like okay people talk to me there's a reason why they are coming to me the universe mm -hmm. is sending them i need to figure it out uh and people always listened to me i think because i have a few i have they say i have a beautiful voice although i don't like my voice you know you don't like to hear yourself recorded so people like to hear me talk mm -hmm. uh and i like to talk so communicator but then there are other things that I, I knew I didn't do well. And some of those are, uh, while I'm good at putting my team into place mm -hmm. and um, positioning resources, I wasn't always a good team player. Okay. I was not always a good team player. I, I, um, I knew who to have on the team and I was always a team leader, but if I wasn't the team leader, I wasn't a good team player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? uh, that's an interesting conversation. Yes, <laughs> okay. Uh, and so now I know that. I know yeah. that naturally I gravitate toward wanting to run everything. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I have had to really sit down and say, is this something you could do well, Danette? Mm -hmm. Because if it isn't, you need to defer to someone else who's in this room who could do it better. Mm -hmm. If the goal is that I want, I want the project to be successful or the business to be successful or whatever it is to be successful, then I need to defer to those people who are better than me in those areas. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time. It took failure, you know, like not, not doing as well in certain areas to um for me to realize that i don't need to always be in control mm, i love how you made the connection with control because <laughs> i think that is that's a key word here whenever we talk and i i mean um we can see that a lot when we talk about leaders and actually one of um one of the reasons why i think leaders used to feel isolated at the top was also this that they don't necessarily one they don't necessarily delegate because they like to keep control um and two is that because when you're a team leader you think you can't be a team player and yes. you kind of isolate yourself from the team so there's the team and there's you as the team leader you're not including yourself in the team 
And I think, but <laughs> it's, it's funny how we do that because we think automatically there's this group of people who are the team and then there's this leader who has to lead mm-hmm. them somewhere. Um, and what I think we've, we've kind of seen the benefits of more of, especially these days in, in this kind of collaborative leadership environment is where you have the full team leadership power where people can actually take the lead depending on what needs to happen and exactly. depending on what they're experts in because that is one of the reasons why they're there is because you hire them because they can do something and they definitely <laughs> can do something better than you because <laughs> otherwise yep. you wouldn't need them so um i love that you said that and i think like we can all learn from that and it's it also tells a lot of we grow up with a set of habits of being as you said i used to be the mother hen and need to take care you didn't have anyone to delegate to (laughs) when you were at that age and so we grow up with some, some set of habits that we can change and that you did um so that is just as you said just realizing hey i need to delegate because this i'm not it took failure so um and i want to ask you about about that because i think most of us are not um i don't think we talk about it um enough about failure as in you know, trial and error and allowing that to happen. Because when we allow for error to happen, we actually learn from it. And we know that we can try something else if we want the results to be different. So how did that go for you? How did you, was it just, you you made a mistake and you realized, hey, I need to change something? Or was it a a process and then you started to wade in? I think it was more of a process. Mm-hmm. I think it was more of a process. Uh, like I had to be really honest with myself with a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and um, be reflective. You know, what what did I do here? that I could have done differently? You know, what role did I play in this failure? Uh, I always was someone too, that I took the weight of the team. So Mm -hmm. if the team did well, I gave it to them. It was theirs. Mm -hmm. If the team did bad, I took it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we, I took every, uh, you know, Um, but then I had to be really uh, realistic and reflective and say, well, what did you actually do here that, if you did differently, we would be in a different situation. And I began to be more reflective of all of my actions Mm -hmm. because I want to always win, right? And I realized that if it's me, if I'm the one who's preventing me from winning, then I need to figure out why am I preventing me from winning? (laughs) 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 So yeah, I began to be more reflective and, uh, I know that I'm someone who, for whatever reason, I've always had influence over people. And I wanted to not not just like say, use the power for good, but I did. I wanna make sure that I'm not being manipulative, mm-hmm. right? Um, that I'm not, the, that the greater good is not what I want. Like, it's not just because I want it, it's, it's the yeah. good, but it's the good because it's the vision of the organization or the team or the objective. So I have to always step back and say, how much of this is you, Danette, versus how much of this mm-hmm. is the project or the vision or the organization or the goal. Um, so it's been a process. It has been a process, mm-hmm. Roxana. And I've had to have team members call me out, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it has been a progress. I mean, and I'm, I'm growing every day, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I'm growing every day. And yeah, and I think that's, that's what happens when, when you get into that reflective state and you get more and more into it and then you realize um, you get a different perspective and you think about things in a completely different way than you would have done if you didn't get into that reflective state. And I think 
especially that and combined with your communication with the team that is always helpful in as you say just people calling you out because it's but that is the great environment to have because you know i can we can tell each other what works and what doesn't because ultimately we're all here for the greater good that is the greater good for this particular community this it's it's as simple as that i mean and and we can replicate that in i don't know families in Mm -hmm. countries organizations whatever it is it's pretty much the same principle (laughs) if you think about it um which gives people purpose because that's what that's what it it does does, because they understand they understand where we're going and why yeah And they understand how they can add to that, right? So everyone has a role to play. And I want people to understand, like, you too have something to offer here. It's not just because I'm here. And you can remove me from the equation and we can still do well. (laughs) It's not all dependent upon me, right? It's us. It's a collective. And people need to understand that. So, and I, I... I don't, I'm not perfect. I still have like, as I'm developing CDPD, mm-hmm. a lot of what I'm doing now, I'm doing by myself. And I am now beginning to build out a team. And I want that this is the best place to work eventually, right? Wow. That That's yeah. my goal. Like, this is the place that people want to be, like mm-hmm. the Google of career development organizations. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm being very mindful as I, um, even the way I interact with the group uh, and the community that we've built is a very, um, it's open, it's welcoming, and we, I wanted to make sure we had trust in the community mm-hmm. um, because no one can call you out if you don't trust, right? Yeah. And so we um, we have built a community where people are not afraid or ashamed Mm -hmm. to ask questions about their own personal development. They're not, they've been vulnerable in the group, right? And so all of these aspects that are in the group, as I build out this organization and it becomes a real business, I'd like to have that in our organization, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I'm, I'm real mindful of it, but it's still early. We're eight months in, you know? And you've accomplished so much. I mean, <laughs> wow. And I wish, I wish more organizations, doesn't matter the, the size and the focus uh, or the industry, had this, this mindset where they start from how do we want things to be here as opposed to how much do we want to earn <laughs> or, um, you know, just having that simple okay we need to win this or we need to be top top five top yeah. ten whatever it is because and because you mentioned google it's funny because in the conversations that i have where whenever we talk about culture i love their definition of culture which is how we do things around here that makes us feel successful i think mm. that's a great definition yeah. of culture because mm-hmm. it's in the how not mm-hmm. what we're doing what? but how we're doing it. Because if we have similar ways of doing things, it comes from our beliefs and our values and our culture and the way that we love doing things. And that's a culture fit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So I wanted to ask, because you mentioned it, I have like, and we don't have a full day for this conversation, it's okay. unfortunately. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> to ask you, because you mentioned failure and you main, mentioned mm-hmm. mistakes and how you learn from mistakes. Um, do you have a favorite mistake that you've made? Uh, a favorite mistake yes. that I've made. Let me see. Um, wow, I have so many mistakes, but I think. One of my um, one of the mistakes that I made uh, early on in my career was that I would um, I was very impulsive. Mm-hmm. 
So I made decisions on the fly and leaders can do that, but I did it for no reason, right? So yeah, just, I would just automatically shoot off an answer because I thought that's what was expected, right? Uh, and so I remember a time when a staff person had asked me something and I said immediately no, but I was wrong. And, um, <laughs> and then the same topic came up shortly after, maybe a few weeks later, and I realized that the answer was yes. And I said yes, and he looked at me immediately and there were two other staff members in the room who was there the first time. And I had to say to them, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I did that of many, okay. right? Yeah. Of many, like I made a mistake, not necessarily yeah. a, a rash judgment, yeah. but throughout my career, and this was like 15 years ago, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but throughout my career, I have, if if I made a mistake after that, I mean, when he looked at me, it just like stabbed me. I was like, <gasps> you know, and I'm like, oh, what could I say? You know, you know I made a mistake. I was wrong. I'm sorry. We, you know, um, and I realized my idea of leader up to that point was someone who never made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it was so difficult for me in that moment. I felt terrible to say, okay, yes, I made a mistake, you know, so we'll have to do this. But I learned in that situation, I gained so much respect from them by admitting that I made this mistake, you know, calling it out publicly, not just to them, but to the person who we were saying no to originally, right? right. And explaining that it was not that staff person, it was me that gave the misinformation mm -hmm. and I took it. Uh, and so, I have since always, you want to say fall on the sword or whatever, but I admit when I'm wrong. And I know from my own personal um, career journey, there are very few leaders who admit when they are wrong or make a mistake. Uh, and so I guess that would be my favorite. I have so many though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but that's so true because I think you know any, anyway we're all working progress right mm -hmm. um I whether we like it or not <laughs> that's yeah. it and this is why I, I really am thankful that you you gave this example this particular example because I think it's so powerful because we see it so often and I think yeah you had this idea because we kind of were used to having this expectation from leaders. I mean, this is, yeah, this is, if you're a leader, you never, you're never allowed to make mistakes. And I think that is, that is hard to live with. That can be exhausting for, for the leader, because how, for how long can you pretend that there yes. is no flaw when there is, we know there is, it's impossible not to, because we're all human. So just yeah. to leave with that kind of expectation and live up to it that's hard and but even harder is the vulnerability because mm -hmm. that that's that's what it took for you to you know stand there and you know admit hey i'm sorry i made a mistake that's powerful because it was i mean obviously it was a little bit of stating the obvious but that's what was so surprising because it's not the expectation. We don't expect leaders to do that or we didn't expect leaders to do that. Yeah. I, I, I feel that now we're, I don't know what you think about that. And it's, I, I want to get your, your view on it. I think we're the most flexible that we've ever been um in our history talking about making history um and we are able to now just shut up and listen and learn more than we were capable of doing that before what what do you think of that specifically out of this pandemic i think that we've become more human mm-hmm 
you know, and because we've become more human, we are um, more apt to have more patience. I just think that this pandemic has shown us that we have to have more patience. Uh, And so we are just more apt to not only be more patient, but uh, accept things that we weren't able to before, you know, so Mm -hmm. thankfully my dog is in a window, you know, but a year ago, if I'm on a call and my dog is jumping on me, people think I'm crazy. Like, what's wrong with that dog? My dog is always me. Or my kid is running in the back. I don't have kids, but you know. And we've we've seen this. We've yeah. seen it. Like last year, I remember a guy in, in the UK, his kids were going on in the back and it was a exactly. meme and it was everywhere, right? Yeah. That's every day now, right? No one cares about that. Yeah. That's happening to everyone. Um, and so I think that we are, uh, we're more forgiving of ourselves because mm-hmm. of it. You know, we've, 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 um, we realize that everyone is human, right? It's not, you know, everyone is human. Everyone has real life. And I think that is a change. And we're going to see that change happen more uh, as, as we are sheltering in place again, and we have to uh, be more flexible about the way we work. Uh, But there are still, I think we still have a ways to go mm-hmm. because I'm still hearing people report that a lot of employers have um, uh, not realistic expectations of the work, you know, during the pandemic. And and even us, we some of some workers are putting added pressure on themselves because they feel mm-hmm. like I'm working from home, so I need to do more. And so mm-hmm. we have to come to some kind of a balance with those things. Uh, and I think we can, because yeah. we are in a situation where we are able to be more flexible and more understanding of real life now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just on some of us, I've learned this from our group members, in terms of being unfulfilled, I think this pandemic has highlighted the... Um, I don't want to say the fragility of life, but it is the fragility of life yeah. that, uh, you know, something can just, you know, we've, we've seen people that we may have worked with or knew that were very healthy or we thought healthy and they were taken by this illness. And I think what has happened with the virus has made a lot of people step back and say, am I doing something that is fulfilling me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it might be the work. I, I love my company, but the way I'm working is killing me. And so I will not do that anymore. You know, I will still be with this company, but I will not work like that. Or I don't believe in the values of this organization. Yeah. Why am I here? You know, so I love that we're asking ourselves these new questions. Uh, and I think a lot of things are going to change in the way that we work and uh, what we think is important out of this pandemic yeah 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 i think so too i think we're we're gonna keep a lot of what we started to to do more of like working more from home or having this kind of flexible approach to work from anywhere as long as that gets the work done and if it's possible because obviously some some roles won't be for, for some roles that won't be able to happen because you need to physically be there. But it's definitely a huge shift in, in the approach, in the culture mm-hmm. of so, yeah. so many companies. And, um, a, you know, a shift in our perspective and we kind of reprioritized or we, we re-sorted our priorities. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I have this, which reminds me, is, um, this um, this quote from from Harry Potter. That's the best I can. Come it's up okay. With today. <laughs> but it's um, when Hermione said that they might be um, um, killed or even worse expelled, and mm. Ron said, "I think she needs to sort out her priorities." <laughs> like killed or expelled right killed or like killed or expelled expelled, expelled. <laughs> like, yes. I, think, I think a lot of us did that um and then we thought you know what i, yeah. think, uh, I think i need to sort out my priorities yes <laughs> yeah so, 
Yeah. Um, so, and but talking about priorities and motivation, and what do you say to yourself to to keep yourself motivated? Uh, what do I say to myself to keep myself motivated? Well, right now, I haven't had to say much okay. because I'm loving. I I'm, I love what what's going on yeah. with the group. Uh, and I'll just say a little more. Like I love what's going on with the group. Uh, since June 4th to, um, last week, see the dog has come now. She's here. Uh, I have had, uh, we, she might jump up any minute now. Uh, we've had 60, 60 presentations in our group trainings and I don't pay for that. People like yourself come and they give that to us for free. Right. And I love it. It, it, um, it has told me, and I think so what motivates me is that the fact, the community motivates me. It keeps mm -hmm. me going, whether they are our members who need the information and want the information, or it's people like yourself, Roxana, who say, hey, I know something. Let me come and teach your group. Yeah. It, it just, it energizes me. It keeps the synergy going. It lets me know that there are so many people out there that want to be a part of something good. They want to help. Um, and so Every day people contact me, they want to give a presentation, they schedule, and I love that. You know, I I spend $79 a month for this group, for my internet, my Zoom, and what we have given to people. If I, like, tallied it all up, mm -hmm. all of the trainings that we have given, it would be probably a $40,000 masterclass <laughs> worth of, you know, work. Yeah, worth, you know, worth of value. Yeah. Right. And and not even let's not even talk about the interaction in our group. And we have people who have gone on to do partnerships and open business. People are open in business. It's like all the stuff. So that keeps me motivated right now. I hope it continues to keep me motivated. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what keeps me motivated right now. It's that we are adding value. People are um, our presenters are excited to help. Mm -hmm. And then our members are so gracious. They're growing. Um, and then I'll say, I have begun to get recognition outside of our group. And that feels really good. Uh, I have been listed as a business insider's on the Business Insiders list of innovative career coaches for 2020. Mm -hmm. And they listed me as one of them. I was nominated by um, some folks on LinkedIn. Uh, and the Business Insider said, hey, yes, what you're doing is innovative, right? And I think the innovation is that people are helping people. I think that's what the innovation is. It's not anything else, you know, like that. People are giving away stuff for free, right? That they're helping people. And so, okay, so I'm an innovative career coach. Um, and then recently, just this Friday, we received the planning grant, you know, our first infusion of real money uh, of $10,000. And so what it says to me is, Thank you. It says that people besides me and our members are seeing the value in what we're doing. And so that also is a motivator. So I'm excited about all of that. Yeah. So that just by listening to you, I'm getting motivated. So, <laughs> and, you know, going back to what you said about exaltation and encouragement. Well, yeah, when you talk about all of these wow, it's just, it's motivating just to hear you talk about it. And, <laughs> think, and you're right. That's the best kind of motivation when we, yeah. when we do things. And bottom line is we all need to feel, you know, heard, understood and valued or better yet, yes. loved. And yes. we feel that when we feel that what we do matters. And when you feel that you're helping people and I know that you're, you're humble when you say that, hey, yeah, well, actually, the innovation is that um, people help um, each other, people. but you're helping them do that. You created the kind environment where they feel great doing that, not just safe doing that, but also great doing that, and they get their own motivation out of it. And it's, I think that is powerful and it's one of your superpowers to be honest. <laughs> Thank and you. That's why I said it's, it's 
that's the revolutionary that's a revolution that you brought because you created this space and you created this possibility mm. so yeah thank that's you. powerful and, yeah thank you but i can't do it alone you know it's the well, 50 know. plus people who've presented yeah. and all the and then all of our members, like you're in the group now, so you will see there's just so such amazing people are so smart and giving people are so giving. Mm -hmm. So yeah. and it's, it just tells me that out of this pandemic, you know, if, if someone was doubting humanity or losing faith in humanity, they could just come join our group and they will get an <laughs> infusion of, mm -hmm. they, they will, because people are giving away everything. They're just teaching people how to be better, you know, yeah. all around and, and not saying, okay, now you have to pay me $5,000 for that. Yeah. Uh, to get so, even better. <laughs> yes. You know, so it's, it's working. That is yeah, that's, um, I love hearing that. And I'm, I'm so much looking forward to. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing you come. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> emotional intelligence. Awesome. We, we have been talking about emotional intelligence and soft skills a lot for the past okay. eight months. So yeah. I am looking forward to you coming in. Yes. Okay, so um, we're close to finishing this interview, but I, I can't let you go before I ask you for one thought of, of wisdom that you want to share with the audience. It can be anything from anywhere, mm -hmm. just something okay. you want to leave us with. All right, so the, and this is whether you are religious or not, okay? So in, in uh, the Bible, <clears throat> God, Moses is telling, God is telling Moses that he's going to lead the people. He's going to do this. And he says, oh, they're not going to listen to me. Oh, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to like my voice. Blah, 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 right? And he says, wait, what do you have in your hand? Right? And he says he has the staff and he tells him to use the staff. Well, at that moment, God takes an, an ordinary item, which is that staff, and he makes it extraordinary, something that Moses already had in his hand. And so, I take from that, whether you are religious or Christian or not, that when you are saying, oh, they're not going to like my idea, they're not going to buy my product, they're not going to hire me, right? They're not going to want me, which is what Moses was saying, that you can think about what you already have in your hand, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. There's something you already have in your hand that you can turn from something that you think is ordinary into something extraordinary and you can get the job, you can, you can open the new business, you can get the new client, right? Uh, if we begin to think about what it is we already have in our hands, our hearts, our mind, our soul. And so that's it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> um, I do believe we all have our superpowers. You don't yes. need to you not, don't need a cape. You don't need to, mm -mm. to nope. you know, be a superhero in movies to, yeah. to discover or rediscover your superpowers. Yes, we all have them. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Danette. And um, Thank you for having me, Roxana. And for sure, um, I will put the link to your, uh, to the website so that people know where to reach you. Uh, what's what's the best way for for people to reach you if they want to even if they want to join the the group or they want to know more about what you're doing? All right, so on on Facebook we are Corona Days Professional Development Group. Uh, best way to get me is on LinkedIn, Danette Edwards, mm -hmm. or you can email me Corona C O R O N A D A Z E P D at gmail.com okay perfect that's wonderful <laughs> thank you uh, thank you so much for being here and sharing some of your um skills story <laughs> thank you for making history <laughs> thank you Roxanna. i'll see you next week for sure yes all right bye-bye okay. <laughs>so what do you already have in your hand that's your superpower i absolutely loved this discussion 
because I do believe we all have our own superpowers and it's time we stopped ignoring them. So I'll leave you with this powerful question that Danette shared and enjoy the discovery or perhaps the rediscovery. And of course, you already know that this will be how else all personal. Until next time.